I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So um, just to let you guys know, I'm not going to play the theme intro tonight. And for those of you listening to us and watching us live, I'm not going to play the theme intro to it tonight because I've got two people on a Zoom call tonight and I don't want to blast the theme into their ears because it is all on the same computer and I can't control that level just well enough. So the last thing I want to do is destroy them. But before we begin, you guys, a few mentions and announcements First of all, mentions, let's hear it for Gooder Eyewear, everybody. Yay, Gooder Eyewear. The home of all the fun, function, and affordability. Preparing for indoor riding with massive fans drying your eyes out worse than Rowan Dennis's sense of humor? Well, get some Gooder Gamers on your face, everybody. Clear blue light-blocking lenses that save you from looking like a Perry roubaix finisher with red eyes that would make your mom ask if you were smoking dope. Gooder.com, everyone. Scratch Labs, people. The home for the return of the Spice Cider Hydration. Just in time for cross-season, keep warm with the best flavor of the fall. Screw pumpkin spice. Get over to ScratchLabs.com and grab a seasonal favorite before it's too late. And you're stuck with a hot cup of strawberry lemonade that you had left over from a summer supply, which would be disgusting. Hot summer lemonade. Um, Finally, Athletic Brewing, everybody. Get to PackFiller.com. Click on the Athletic link. And if you buy some brilliant non-alcoholic brew today, you and your winter beer belly will thank me. And finally, an announcement. The 2021 Club PackFiller has come to a close. Don't be sad. Thank you to everybody who participated. You might have noticed you received a notice saying your dues have been canceled. It's not that we hate you and we kicked you out of the club. No, but get ready for more fun ways to get some swag, spread your love for the pack filler, and more in 2022. Let's do this. This is where I would pause to play the theme. I'm not playing the theme right now because I like sing it. Yeah. I was kidding. Yeah. Well, it happened, everybody. It was dirty. It lasted forever. It was oh so satisfying, and it was epic. And we are going to talk about it. It's time once again for the pack filler. Did you, got it. Yeah, you got the record. 
responses there. I was doing. Uh, we're a bit separated tonight, but but no matter there. So uh, for, for introductions tonight, I'm once again going to place the ball in everybody's proverbial laps. So um, here's what I want you guys to do. I'm going to introduce you guys, and then I'm going to ask you guys for your guilty pleasure movie. The one that you watch when there's nothing on and you just want to sit back and enjoy, shut off your brain kind of a movie. You might not even tell people that this is the guilty pleasure movie you want to watch. So Can you have three? You only have one. You only have one. Can I say three? No. It's a time podcast, Jack. I say them quickly. (laughs) First and foremost, he is on Zoom tonight, but enough of that. Uh, Mr. Paul Maine. Paul, how are you, man? I'm doing all right. What's your guilty pleasure? Yep. What's your guilty pleasure? I have to say uh, Caddyshack. Really? Yeah. I I was expecting Lebowski, but uh, okay. Well, yeah, I could watch that forever, but that's not really like, that's top-notch movie. I don't consider that like... Embarrassing to say. True. Guilty pleasure. Yeah, very true. That, that's a quality movie. Okay. But Caddyshack was pretty crappy, but it was funny. You know? <laughs> well, the term red farts came into, into real problem. <laughs> Second of all, he's actually here. Mr. Jack Broadhead. How are you, Jack? I'm good. Uh, what's your guilty pleasure movie? Movie. The. Um, the Matrix. That that was what you were you no, were all excited I, for. I, I could, Are you going to say, say Matrix Two, Matrix say... Two, and Matrix Three? No, 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 no. You picked the Matrix. Wow. Okay. Why not? Uh, third, um, he. Oh no, he's not here enough. If you asked his mom, Mr. Jackson Bulger, how are you, man? <laughs> I'm good. Um, I would say my guilty guilty pleasure movie um, is. Uh, I think it's really not that good. Um, when you grow up and realize that it's. Really not that good. It's called yeah. Premium Rush. Oh, um, yeah, the fun. cycling movie with uh, what's his name? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, Pretty cheesy. Bike Messenger. Yeah. So what got me into cycling though? Yeah. So. Big debate about brakes on that one, Paul. You might want to know that one. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, f- and and technically, um, I'm I'm saying her last because she deserves the best for last. She's back. She's an actual ex- expert on things. So let's welcome back to the show, Miss Amariah Rook. How are you, man? Thank you. I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Uh, so you got a uh, uh, guilty pleasure movie? It's actually really seasonally appropriate. It's oh. uh, Practical Magic. Oh, okay. I have I, I have a confession to make. I have not seen that one. That's the one with uh, the three witches, right? Bette Midler. Um, no, no. no that's, I think that's Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. So what's Practical Magic? Yeah. It's with Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. Oh, ooh. it's based off a uh, Alice Hoffman book, which oh. is kind of my guilty pleasure okay. author as well. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, me, hi everybody. I'm Pat Bulger, and I have to go with Tropic Thunder. Um, I know it might not stand up to today's ethical standards, but uh, but that's what makes it a guilty pleasure movie. It's so stupid, and I just I don't know why I love it when people really overuse the f word and and they use it about. Five million times. I think they use the F word more times in Tropic Thunder than they do in uh, Scarface. Hmm. I'm going with that. I'm going with that. So uh, let's let's catch up with Amariah first. So I don't know if she knows I'm going to do this to her, but I'm going to you know just kind of get everybody caught up to how things have been with you for those of of our fans of our show who might not follow you on other platforms. How's your summer and, and fall been in terms of your 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 cycling life? You know, it's actually been slow. I bought my first house. Uh, which that process during this market in general is pretty stressful. And then we moved in and repainted, remodeled for about a month. So I didn't do as, nearly as much writing as I wanted to. Um, 
but all the bikes moved in, which means I'm officially moved in. <laughs> and I did a few good trips, uh, just, you know, overnighters and, and shorts, close to home things. But yeah, I really, uh, this may be my lowest mileage every year. Oh, well, you can it's blame sad. COVID for that if you have to. Well, I also ride a lot more dirt nowadays, which, okay. which definitely uh, reflects in the mileage. Mountain or gravel when you talk about Mountain. Dirt. Mountain. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, what, what was the motivational behind, uh, decision behind that? Just joy or <laughs> lack of traffic? Joy. It's only new lack of traffic for sure. Yeah. I had a, a pretty bad crash several years ago and tried to stay away from cars as much as possible. And even on gravel roads, you still have to ride some trafficy roads sometimes. And when you're out on the trails, there's uh, next to no cars. Okay. Um, any desire to pedal in angst in the near future? And when I say angst, I mean like a, by a, a start line and a finish line and things like that. You got any any objectives for that? Yeah, I'm actually doing a Leadville qualifier oh, in shit. November. So oh uh, shit, pedaling wow. with some sort of uh, end goal, I think. Yeah. What is what is the uh, now? I I did it via lottery by unfortunate luck. So tell tell me about what Leadville qualification is. So it's actually I got to do this qualifier because they um, in 2020 had to they asked for people to defer. So even though I will get an entry, I also got a free race, and it's in um, just outside of te like uh, Austin, Texas. So I figured free race place I haven't ridden my bike before. Sure. Why not? Yeah. But um, the winner of this race gets an automatic uh, in into the Letville 100. Okay. What kind of distance is it? Is it? It's obviously not the full length it's not 100 miles it's 60 miles okay well shit that's still pretty long, pretty long. yeah that's still pretty substantial so yeah like i said i haven't been on my bike much so <laughs> uh can you and my last question before we get into the show in earnest can you put proof to the rumors of an eventual portland world championships have you heard anything <laughs> can you give us any <laughs> uh it's a pretty active uh instagram account uh yeah. i w wish it to be true but um i don't I don't think it's it's an, it it doesn't hold any weight as Damn. far as I know. Damn it, Jackson's got his arms crossed. He's kind of in pouty mode. Yeah, <laughs> we're just like because that what what's the park, Jackson? Forest Park. Forest Park up in yeah. there would be just so the hills up in there and then the rolling rolling roads. I just my time riding up there would be oh my god, what a world's course it would be. Yeah, it'd yeah. be great, and and you know would be far less controversial than. Arkansas will be. Yeah. 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 Or uh where's where's the other one that we just found out about? There was Oh, isn't it Rwanda? Yeah, Rwanda, which is a got a lot of stuff going on behind it. Um gentlemen of the panel, how has the riding week gone? Um let's let's start with Paul online. Paul, how's your riding week been, Chief? Um, well, I got uh in Saturday and then um had to stay home on Sunday, so just Saturday was my only ride. We did get to ride with a uh, cool guy that we met that's from the Ukraine that yeah. moved up in Spokane, um, and that was kind of fun. But it wasn't a long ride, so yeah, not a not a good week for me at all. <laughs> I'm just looking across the bar at Jack. <laughs> Jack, how's your ride week been? It's fantastic compared to Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I got the same ride in. Yeah. Well, a little shorter. A little shorter. Mm -hmm. A little shorter. But yep. Jack, you were back on the bike. And and we can honestly say 
that everybody just who's keeping score <laughs> six more signs to the apocalypse. Jack's yeah. been on his bike, um, and and who knows what else is going to happen? But things might go to shit soon. Yep. Yeah, yep. another another. We've had a plague, so that's maybe the second sign. Snow in October. Snow in October. We haven't seen mm-hmm. that one yet, but. Um, d- do you have any any ideals of a future of 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 a of a of a two wheeled future? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't leave it at that. You, I guess you can. Yeah. yeah. Man of no words. Jack Jackson Bulger. How was your How was your ride week? Um, pretty much the exact same thing. Uh, I've gotten Zwift and everything set up, uh, which is good. So I'll be able to actually ride that because. After today, it doesn't seem like weather's going to be really within our uh, favor. Yeah. So, going to start transitioning towards that. But other than that, yeah, I just did Saturday. So, yeah, I'm, I'm one right in, too. And that's, I, I'm, I'm at the same point. I am supposed to start an indoor and strength plan this week. Strangely enough, I thought I'd try out the that new Wahoo, you know, the X Sufferfest plan mm-hmm. and just see what it goes off. I'm going to start out pretty slowly. I think, oh. I think a rest might be a kind of a good idea. I remember back in the days when that was the deal, you know, you were supposed to do that. Um, I do have an, a mild, you know, selfish announcement to say that I bought some power pedals. Uh, I did. I bought those, uh, I bought those Favero power pedals. So hopefully they're going to come through and, and, and work yeah. really well. So I, you know, I'm nerding out. I'm nerding out. So, um, let's get to some of the news headlines for, before we digest all that was the Perry Roubaix weekend, you guys, this is where I usually play the news theme, but I'm not going to do it again because I don't want to blow out the, the ears of our friends. The retirement train is boarding, everybody, with the most recent announcement of heading off into either the coach, team director, shop owner, product endorser, or whatever it might be by Nicola, Nicholas Roche. Uh, the amount of notable names for the Peloton continues. Writers of note, Brent Bookwalter. Andre Greipel, Dan Martin, Kiel Reinen, Tony Martin, Fabio Aru, TJ Van Garderen, Ruth Winder from America, and also of, oh, I don't know, slight note notification on of Onderbregen. So, um, so does anybody have any thoughts that come to mind when hearing this list of names or reflections upon those riders in their careers? And, and, and more importantly, um, some of these, you know, Anna Van Bregen is 31, Ruth Winder's 28, uh, Fabio Aru, 31, somewhat notably, I guess we could say young to retire from the pro ranks. Um, is the sport changing with a lot of new riders coming to the sport and making things far more aggressive? I don't know if anybody wants to jump in. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think it's surprising to see a bunch of uh, what we would call younger riders, not younger, but like still within their prime. I remember Pete Stetna saying he was 32. He's still within his prime, and we're seeing a lot of riders kind of taking that and making it their own, I guess. You yeah. know, I, I, there could be physical, um, like, ends that they're meeting, but also it could be emotional kind of burnout after a little while. Um, I mean, I could see it, especially having a lot of pressure at the top. It's not an easy game to play for a, for as many years as they have. Yeah. But, Yeah. And we're we're seeing a lot of a lot more of mental fatigue in in the peloton, and that could be, I mean, I, I remember back in the day when riders would specialize for specific areas of the season, and now it's almost like they're expected to go the entire season long. Mm-hmm. Um, add into the fact that, for example, in the women's peloton, you've got you know financial restraints, you've got uh, far more things going on that could probably you know cause 
incredible massive mental burnout yeah um, yeah and on the the women's side if i if i can jump in please do. um there's there's a few more names like uh chantal van der broek black who uh along with arne van der Brecha have been racing since since they could race so you know early teens yeah and so for them it's been a pretty long career um and then there's the you know the biological clock that does start ticking at some point that if you do want to <laughs> have babies, start a family, like you have to decide as a, as a professional athlete when that time will be because your body needs a few years to, to get back to normal. I mean, these women, you know, they're so lean, they don't have normal menstrual cycles if mm-hmm. they even have them. So they, they actually it takes quite a bit of planning to decide when they stop and you see them stop earlier. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of them come back also, you know, we've seen that happen. Um, Lizzie is back, Chris mm-hmm. Armstrong, um, there's been quite a few that have come back after having babies. See, and, and it was so funny. I think I saw a, a headline post in my newsfeed today talking about writers and how they deal, how they juggle family and, and, and life. And, and, and the, I don't, I don't want to turn this into a, how dare they type of a podcast, but it, it, it just thinking about the fact of, oh my God, how do these writers manage to keep everything going at home? But it, then it's like, well, how do they actually fit into the schedule where they have to plan on on on, on having a child <laughs> and yeah. putting that all into the perspective is far even more above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the, the aggressiveness of the of the Peloton both also seems to be much higher. Than it was, Paul. We've talked at length about the there. There used to be this this chain of command, so to speak, the uh, patron of the peloton, you know, or something like that, where you didn't attack until you reached a certain level of expertise, or or you didn't ride a Tour de France until you were twenty three or something like that. Yeah, and and I, if you listen to all the guys that are retired, some of their the reason or what they're saying, this new generation is just full gas. I mean, I think, uh, just the way, uh, I don't know, training is, is approached differently. Um, uh, Jackson and I were talking about men like, wow, to, uh, we, how much of it is he going to take a break at the end of the season and hop into cross? So there's no break. And it'll be curious since he has a new baby, if he's going to slow down a little bit, you know, there's just a little more obligation as he get older. Um, you know, like uh, Lizzie Dagen, when she and her husband had to come to a situation, she kind of wanted to go back and they both agreed. And he had, uh, you know, he gave her, her husband gave her a hundred percent, you know, go hundred percent. I got it taken care of. And that's kind of backing you're going to need when you start having a family. So you wonder, you know, when life starts, now my cat's attacking me here. Anyway, (laughs) I got rid of him. But uh yeah, it's the aggressive writing, which is a good thing. It's making it a lot more fun for us to watch. Uh, and I think the old rules of, you know, like you were talking about, Pat. Yeah. Um, you know, you didn't, you know, if you started early in the tour, you were there to watch and bring up water. Now these guys, um, like Remco, even in, at Worlds, there's some people say that he was, although supposedly playing the teammate thing, he wasn't. So, you know, who knows? Yeah. Are there any writers that surprise you guys that they're still going 
um, you know, for example, Vincenzo Nibali, you know, he just won his first race in probably two years. Um, uh, Peter Sagan, I hate to say it, you know, and are we going to see, sorry, Jay, are we going to see a lot of riders going the way of, of the gravel, what do they call privateer or something like that? Is that, is, is that going to be a much more appealing option, especially for those riders who, who have uh, suffer from mental burnout and want to still be competitive, but not necessarily the rigors of something as severe as as a professional career. Well, I think it's I think the gravel path is a great way to um, kind of prolong a career. If we look at a rider like Ted King, you know, he's reaching that age where it's like almost um, oh, who crashed in the Vuelta really hard, Alejandro Valverde. He's he's yeah. reaching that those oh, type of ages. Ben, yeah, yeah, and you see that. I mean, he got fourth at Unbound with a broken collarbone, 38, 37 years old. So it's like, it's a great way for these riders, if they want to, to continue on their careers in another way. However, now it depends on which path you choose. Do you want American gravel or do you want UCI gravel? You don't know what you're going to get anymore because there could be hard on what it like 22 year old pros that are only gravel. Yeah. So you don't know where it's going to go because the young guns can stay in the road but they can also stay on the gravel now so it's an interesting like it's an interesting change of how things are working now thanks i I think the older guys will specialize more on you know pick pick a path and stick with it where like a guy like wout and vanderpool are are such all-arounders are proving to be and pitcock I mean, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, uh, okay, I'll just get out of their way, and I'm gonna pick a something I can be, the best I can be at. You know, if it's a if it's a stage race or one race, as they get older, you know, yeah. the twilight. Yeah. You know, okay, this is you know, this is the one race I'm I'm here for. Yeah, it makes me wonder if we're leading towards a, a, a trend for riders to burn out earlier in their career with the extreme nature where you're seeing some of these riders who are doing some so much amazing things throughout an entire year. I mean, to to you know, to fl- I'm flipping back and forth between the men's and women's pelotons here, but but you know, then you've got somebody like Mariana Voss who's just who's just like consistent, always crushing it and and always involved. Um are, there's got to be a lot of mental strain and I can only imagine, you know, at, at what point there's a breaking point, you know, how long do we have Mariana Voss left? Mm-hmm. Until she gets tired of it. <laughs> yeah, very much so. I mean, someone like her is kind of an anomaly because she's been racing since she was six. You know, she had to wait till she was tall and old enough. And otherwise, she would have started earlier. And she'll keep going until she no longer enjoys it. I think someone like her, though, will perhaps look for going out on top. Yeah. Kind of like Anna von der Brecha did. You, do, you don't want to see a rider as iconic as that just fizzle out. Yeah. And I think a lot of riders now are, you know, they it's it's tough. You want to end up on top. You don't just want to fizzle. And the gravel that you mentioned sometimes is an opportunity to, to not fizzle, to like have a few more, you know, top podium step performances and then you tr- truly retire. Uh, another thing to note is that after people quit racing, that's when they fall into a really big, you know, mental toughness like some depression some hardship just because they don't know what to do they've been doing it their whole lives or the majority of their lives and suddenly you know they have to find a new purpose in their everyday life and so gravel does offer that that 
extension, I guess, of, of or or kind of a, an easing into everyday life. Yeah, uh, it, it, it you can race at that extremely high level. And then when that starts to fade out, you become, uh, I guess, an age grouper and, mm-hmm. and just go with that. That sort of thing. And and that's what that's what gravel offers. Yeah. Not to bring up running, but ultra running. Sure. I mean, there's some amazing marathoners that that are top, you know, level ultra runners. They'll run 100 miles, not 26. So, so that 100 miles is a method of Um, age. Well, I think also, you know, as you get older, your endurance is the one thing that doesn't really go away, or even gets could get better over speed. So, um, so gravel events, hundred milers, Leadville, I mean, look at Ned Overend. He's not going to run, do criteriums, but he'll, he'll probably continue to do age, age group or, and better. Yeah. Ned probably could. Let's be honest. You know, he could do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. I, 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 when I interviewed him for the show, I think I titled it Superman is Alive. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, so let's get to the biggie, shall we? You guys, a little known event happened in the women's and men's professional Peloton. I don't know if you heard about it. Um, the inaugural, uh, women's edition along with 118th men's Perry Roubaix taking place in October rather than its customary spring date, which, Paul, you're going to be okay. The next one's six months away. Um, I know. That's the only bonus to this. Yeah. It's only six months apart. It's like the Olympics where, it like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, you could, of... you could have, I mean, in, in theory, you could have two back to back Perry Roubaix wins in less than a year. Mm. I mean, how mm-hmm. would that fuck with the stat books? But anyway, produce some truly magical moments as well as results. And emotions. Uh, not to jump to the spoilers, but the first women's editions was won in dominating fashion by Trek Segafredo's uh, Lizzie Dignan. And the men's in a three up sprint by current European champion Bahrain victorious rider Sonny Cabrelli. So let's go for a journey down Reflection Road, shall we, everybody? I wish I, I wish I had my soundboard. It's just so weird not being able to click, you know, a do, 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 or something in the background. But um, if you had to initially rank this year's edition with a letter grade, and I know it's going to be hard because this is the first women's edition, and Jackson, it was your first, true, like you said, your first like real sit-down watch this specific race mm-hmm. um what would you guys give it for each the women's and the men's we're going to start with on mariah because she's our guest so if you had to grade on a good old-fashioned school grading scale for the women's and the men's what would you what would you award each well the women's like you said it's the first one yeah so obviously yeah. And, and they knocked it out of the park so i mean yeah, that yeah. that was an a plus i'd say i agree uh yeah. in every which way the the coverage I mean, I've never seen that much coverage for a women's cycling event ever. So um, there's an appetite for that, and, and the, the Peloton delivered. So A+. plus. The men's race, I can't say I've seen all 118 of them. So that's tough. <laughs> but, I mean, a velodrome sprint finish. What more can you want after such a sloppy, uh, you know, race that goes before it? So I'd, I'd give that one an A also. Okay. I'm, I'm, I made immediate first contact with eye contact with Jackson Bulger. Well, yeah. How would you do it for the first time? I mean, I, you know, I don't want to make you sound like a complete noob, but, uh, mm-hmm. but this is, you know, you were, you were saying that on this show that this was the first time you were really kind of triggering into it. Yeah. Um, to come into, uh, the women's race and see like how Lizzie Dignan had like what a minute lead or something like that. 
it was a pretty uh a in like enthralling thing to enter mm-hmm. into um so i was really i was excited by that um i thought like we were just saying there was good action it wasn't one of those races where people gave up uh so i'd give it yeah i'd i'd give a's across the board to be honest with the conditions on both saturday and sunday and then to see a not informed vanderpool show us what a not informed vanderpool can do to everybody else is pretty interesting um and then like we were saying the three up sprint right at the end oh i'd give God. a's across the board yeah yeah it's the first one i'd seen in a while uh jack do you want to go next because i know paul's could sure. just like this he, is his, paul this is his uh, i mean if paul, if paul could put a bike race into the form of a teddy bear that he could sleep with at night <laughs> it would probably be perry roubaix right yeah 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 um so lizzie i what was amazing is i i really thought she was getting reeled in with 20k to go and and then all of a sudden just like the time gap never shrunk after that right yeah. So, no. um, she looked happy and strong and like, happy. like, I mean, no, really. She, <laughs> did you see the blood on her handlebars? Oh, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she was what off the front for all but 5k or, yeah. or 10k or something. Some, she went early. She was gone. Yeah, she was like, off the front for over 80k. Totally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, an ex- like it ended up being an accident. Like it wasn't a planned attack, which just makes the story even better. Yeah. Like I went for being the first person on the cobbles. I don't mm. think she ever considered like, oh, this is the race winning move, which which makes it even better in a way. Her her bike handling was amazing because she had some crossed up moments that were, um, uh, as better than the guys, and which which doesn't say, you know I mean she's she's an excellent bike handler, but obviously when her you know, her rear end yeah. caught up to the front end. Sideways. Sideways yeah, yeah. a couple times. And, and you and, and I talked about it on a ride, he, I remember. It's like going, if she would have stopped pedaling right, at that point, she just, she'd have gone down. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. stuff like that. I mean, that was that was great to see and, and a really exciting race. Um, the guys race, uh, yeah. If if Vanderpool's not on form, man, that guy put out some, yeah. some effort. Yeah, it's huge effort. So your and grades? Yeah. Oh, it's my turn. <laughs> it is your turn. That's all right. You get you get you get a trick. I, I think everybody's going to do things. a. I, it's a. Yeah. He's across the board. Yeah. So. Paul Maine, here's your window. Mm-hmm. Well, you know the the ladies put on a heck of a race. Um, you know, it, like mentioned before, that wasn't a planned attack. Uh, Lizzie was supposed to be the third protected person. She just wanted to see the cobbles at first. Uh, to hold that off, and uh, boy, I mean, uh, you know, your you, Trek Sayofredo had had it well done. Uh, pegged, they had, you know, um, oh God, uh, Van Dyke and um, uh, Borghini, Elisa. both yeah. of those, yeah. yeah, those two, you know, unfortunately crashed. So with, you know, with amongst the other people, when you got somebody out front, just having a clear path, that that had to help. It was a great race, and then I'm glad that it turned out and it wasn't as sloppy, you know, for the first one as the men's race for the women. And it was treacherous without a doubt. I wouldn't probably want to hit it, but, um, you know, still was a good show. And and I think the impressive part was, is here's Voss. Who's got tons of cross world champion, cross champion. She was making time on Lizzie on the cobbles, but Lizzie was able to hold her off on, on the pave, any sections in between, that says a lot for and and to be eighty k off like that. It, it was it was a heck of a a plus without a doubt. That was a great, great, great uh, first year. 
Um, for the men's, I think you got to have to put, <clears throat> I, I, I give it an A. It's one of the best sloppy ones I've seen since 84. Uh, what's when uh, Yvonne Mario in 86 and, yeah. you know, uh, 2002 was the last one. It was really bad. And that's when Boone, uh, Boone actually ended up being on the podium on his first, first time. And so um, that was pretty good. But the way it finished this year was slightly better than 2002. Um, especially because you see Johnny Moscon, who I absolutely despise, he's a pig, <laughs> and then have him see him falter. I, I just, I was just sinking my head, going, "Oh no!" I just, I, yeah, I can't believe he's winning. And Pat yeah. figured and that. And then once he got his flat, year. I knew yeah. that things are going to change. So yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, we'll, we'll was... get to we'll get to the karma police that yeah. that rang on yeah. Johnny Moscon's <laughs> door. Um, so I'm I'm going to take these in order, and I of course uh, we're we're going to start with the first race of the weekend. You know, the, the the women's edition, which you guys have talked about quite a bit. You know, and a lot of these points have been discussed. Um, the Trek Segafredo versus the Jumbo Visma plan. Um, uh, obviously, Trek Segafredo's probably worked to would we say almost accidental perfection. Um. In, in in terms of was this you know Amaray you you know you were saying that it wasn't an intentional necessarily attack but an acceleration would you consider any of that to be a planned or just an almost improvisation while the race transpired? Oh, I'm sure some of it was planned, not not in the fashion that it played out. But yeah. they have an incredibly strong team, and they have the numbers. They did what you would expect SD Works to do, where you send one strong rider up the road after the other. Um, and that didn't happen. I don't know what happened to SD works, uh, during that race, but, um, if, if it hadn't, um, gone the way it ended up doing, like, I think something similar still would have happened. I think they would have sent up their stronger riders, um, wanting to get a break and, uh, they have the, the woman power to do it. So yeah, one way or another, I think they would have definitely been up there, uh, in the top three. With Jumbo Visma, Voss was obviously the focus. Um, do you think there were mistakes made on her or the team's part in the in in terms of tactical or or is 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 honestly is Perry Roubaix just a you kind of go with a general idea where things are going to go and you have to be thinking uh, on your feet, <laughs> quite literally. I think Voss ended up taking things in her own hands and attacked and. At that point, it was a little too late, and I—that's—that's yeah. uh, that's not unique to Paris Roubaix. That was the way it's been going on for the last, I'd say, two seasons at least, where there's there's this like peloton that's waiting and waiting and waiting, and they wait too long, and then the solo rider wins. Like we've seen Anna von der Brecha, and that's not to take away uh, her strength at all, but like it, the same strategy happens. One person goes off the front and the peloton kind of looks at each other no one's really working together and then by the time they start working together the race is is done for and I, and that's exactly what happened uh sure this this terrain is way uh way more difficult than anything else they do all year but the same formula can be applied to any other race and and still um lead in 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 the same I guess the end result is one rider goes out the front, everyone looks at each other, no one really works together, and the rider off the front wins. And uh, it's, it's been a bit of my critique all season long with, with the way women's racing has gone. And uh, in this case, it, it played out in a entertaining fashion for us as, yeah. as viewers. But, you know, 
It, it seemed like, I mean, for example, the World Championships were 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 not that formula of of a, of a finale where where we had the last forty k was just attack after attack after attack after attack, and it was much more aggressive. I mean, you you take into account uh, you know something like Perry Roubaix, you're not going to be able to you know create a perfect scenario like that because the the course and the and luck is going to play so much more into it. Um, and I, I'm I'm gonna fo- I'm gonna focus on you here, on Mariah, because I want I I know that you know you and I kind of spoke online about the prior to this but earlier last week, and I wish we could have had you on as a, as a preview of this show. But talk to me about the significance of this event, and I don't want to just say you know, hey guys, we've got a woman on, so let's talk about the significance with a woman, you know. But I wanna I want to just kind of grab wrap our head around what this means for the sport and the development and the advancement of 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 the sport for for the women's peloton yeah i mean a lot of people obviously have been talking about it the run-up uh the lead-up to this event was massive there was so much anticipation and and media actually paid attention which has been really nice but um, the reason it's so significant is that, you know, it's been 125 years since the first edition. Yeah. And this race is, you know, it's it's not just a men's race. It's the hard man, the tough man's race. You know, the toughest of the toughest win this race. And and perhaps that, that's been the delay or the pushback as to why we haven't had a women's race before and that only the toughest of the men can participate and win this race, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and... I think the women showed on Saturday that women are pretty, pretty tough and yeah. they can put on a good race and they can face the same roads and same conditions. And, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, there's something in this, like the traditions and, and the way this store, this, this race has been put on this, this tough man pedestal that sure. came down a little bit, or, or perhaps it was bolstered by the fact that, you know, bike racers, male or female are equally tough. I think it. I, I would go with the second. I honestly, genuinely thought it bolstered it, and I loved it that it was all happening in the same weekend, the same you know venues, the same everything like that. And I th- I thought it really helped benefit it for for the entire sport. I wasn't looking at it in terms of guys versus girls, you know, this race versus that race, comparing speeds versus comparing distances and things like that. I I saw it as like freaking yeah we got two races this weekend yeah. all over this beautiful beautiful terrain which is so brutal and and honest and and to see the speeds and the abilities and i just thought it made it so much more i'd be enjoyable. on course both days and yeah. and there was a lot of spectators on course for the women's race so it's yeah. not you know i know the coverage gets uh whatever the distance they cover yeah um but but as far as people showing up and and being in support of it, it's that was pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. No one I, lost out on having two races. You know? No. I, no. I don't understand the the pushback on that. You get two excellent. Yeah. And very entertaining bike races on a Saturday and a Sunday. Um, the, the the only people that lost out are people using those roads, perhaps. But it's the weekend <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And you know, there's just there's no argument to be made as to why there shouldn't be. No. Oh, and I'm uh, sure also. the yard, the roads are a mess on Saturday prior to this women's race. Anyway, people re- recon and people out. Like yeah, you and Paul, they were out were riding there, it anyway. Riding we would have ridden the roads. Up. Yeah, two yeah. or three days prior. But no, it was, it was um, 
It was great. It filled a weekend full of great racing. Yeah. I will say something that's really interesting is, um, you know, we are in a time in the world where there's quite a bit of change going on. And sometimes it's really hard to like wrap your mind around how much is really happening in the world, you know, with, I mean, uh, the pandemic going on, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, racial inequality that were, that has been around for for centuries, but we're now really starting to like hone in on these things. Uh, gender equality is as well and sometimes like like i said it's hard to wrap your mind around things until like they until they come like to your front doorstep and i felt like this was something that really kind of came to our front doorstep and my i mean in in my opinion it was like this race is such like a historical race that when you when you really think about the fact that there's only been a men's race for so long my like that was one of those moments where like there is a lot of change for good happening in this world. And that was one like this race happening was one thing I saw Mariana Voss's post that was like, this is, this is how like there is a weight to what's really happening this weekend. And it's, it's exciting. And you could feel just by tuning into it, you could feel that like this was a really historical and weighty moment for a lot of, for like, for cycling. Yeah. For, yeah. For all that. It's it's it is and it should be lauded as such. I will say like for the ASO and for the race organizers and and such, I'm like, this is not your glory by any means. Like you should be (laughs) lauded for finally having a women's race. It should be embarrassing Mm. that it's taken 125 Mm. years to get a women's race on the on the schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think, I mean, for the women racing there and for women cycling in general, it was an absolute victory. But I do want to be pretty clear that this was not a, a victory for race organizers it's, yeah yeah you know it's about time yeah <laughs> yeah uh paul you, uh, you got anything it's so weird not looking straight across the bar and just making eye contact with you <laughs> yeah i i don't know I, I i like the idea that the women's race was on a saturday and the men's were on on sunday i think that gave the women the the right i don't know this is my opinion at least the the you know attention that it needed as opposed to like okay just like uh treating women racing on the same day and this is just my take it's like you know the cat ones and twos are always the last race to go and when i was in flanders you know the women's race was was before um and and it was kind of like people were still kind of coming in because it, it makes it for a long day if people are going to watch on the side of the road it's like an I opening mean, you know, act. Got, and so yeah. th- when you separate it like that, I'd be interesting to see what you guys think, but it's a lot better to know that watch the women's race. And I've got another Perry Roubaix the next day. I was in heaven. I thought yeah. that was great. And, and I, hopefully if it works out, uh, other like Flanders should do it in my opinion, but maybe logistically it isn't, it doesn't work out. It's a lot easier to shut down farm roads than it is, you know, public roads. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I saw a poll, uh, uh, an online poll that was being asked on on the on the day of the women's edition, talking about um, how races should should races be changed, and if so, for example, uh, the distances of of men's versus women's races drastically uh, different. Um, should they should should the men and the women ride equal distances? Should the men and the women women ride equal time estimates? I didn't write this. So or should we keep it as they currently are? Um, you know, in, in terms of the event itself. Um, uh, Phil Liggett 
poor Phil. Bless, bless yeah. Phil. You know, he he's not that he's not a hundred percent on his game as he used to be. But uh, he he kept mentioning constantly, this is the same stretch that the men and the women rode, and and things like that. And he almost said it ad nauseum. And at some point, I was just going, whoa, 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 "What's your point, buddy?" But uh, but but their their discussions of should the, should the races be of equal distance? And and again, um, on Mariah, I'd like you to kind of comment on this first and see what you think in terms of. Of, of of the actual courses and the races themselves. Yeah, it's a tough one, right? Because in this case, we had a a great, like I have nothing bad to say about this course, but you know the Olympic race, the the women didn't get to go up Mount Fuji, which was the icon of the race, and that's yeah. a real bummer. Um, and and so I think this is why the UCI has what's called an athletes commission, where riders get to. Um, give feedback on everything from, you know, their, their rules and regulations and uh, as well as um, the lengths of courses. There is a UCI uh, limit as to how long a bike race can be, which that I think is, is rather interesting. <laughs> it really should be up to the riders. Um, and so there, in my opinion, there should be more input from the Athletes Commission or from the, the Peloton. Uh, it should be kind of a case-by-case basis. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Anybody else? That's God, the first thing I think, yeah. thought of, so... Well said. Yeah, yeah. Something that came to my mind was, like, with Unbound or formerly DK, like, <laughs> they they don't make a men's 200 and a women's 150, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's all... Yeah. I, I don't know. Everybody, everybody can, ri- everybody can ride yeah. the race. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, yeah. I guess I don't get it. And, and I also want to, before we, before we do switch to the men's race, I also want to comment on the fact that the, you know, we, uh, in terms of TV coverage, I, I, I can't stand turning on coverage and seeing there's only 40 K left in a race or, or 60 K mm-hmm. left in a race. And, and here we're looking at the women's tour, which is underway right now. And there is no TV coverage of it in, 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 in England. There's nothing. And and the only way we know what's going on is is through written journalism and um, and that's just I, I in this day and age I don't understand it where even we get to the point where a couple people with some fucking phones can go out there and 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 give me enough coverage to give me an understanding um, it's not that they don't have the capability to, do you to think do it's like, like old school patriarch bullshit from you know the old guys have been here too long and it's time to get you know some young newer people yeah. on race promotion europe europe and i'm i'm not sure maybe maybe it's just extremely sexist compared to like here and i know we have our problems here with like no. uh, with 
pay on women's yeah. you know soccer and and such but um you take a race like peru bay and it's probably been promoted and handed off to the next guy the next guy for so long sure. that it it's slower to change than some a new race or yeah. a road race that you know didn't if you know what i mean it's yeah so maybe getting it's them also died pure off. money like it's it it's, is uh, yeah. and and viewing rights. Like I hate to say, but NBC in the U.S. just screws everyone that's a cycling fan. Like, uh, yeah. Even with Peacock, <laughs> everything else, you still yeah. like even or flow bikes. I don't know if you, you guys have flow bike subscriptions. Half oh. the time I log in and it says not available in your region. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because still NBC buys up the streaming rights, but then doesn't stream it. So, it's it's a little bit of of coming from all ends, and I think at the heart of it, it's. Yeah. finances really I've talked mm-hmm. at length about my relationship with flow bikes <laughs> uh and and they're they're just confusing nature and then yeah exactly as you say because you then you go to GCN and GCN has great coverage but only of specific races um I I think the the NBC domination of specific races hopefully is going to slowly come to an end uh, Paul, I usually ask you, shit dude, where's the race and, and we mm-hmm. we're juggling this constantly yeah, it's uh, when it came to the women's tour. I I believe I just heard, like on a podcast, some of the problems with TV was uh, usually the women's tours earlier in the year, but they had to reschedule. It's you know jammed down the ca- calendar. They lost some of their sponsors because that time of year that whether I don't know what it is, um, but they said yeah for the people that used to be able to help finance this is gone. It is a money situation. Um, which is unfortunate, but um, yeah, and I agree. When you got like a company like NBC Comcast uh, just dominating, and you know you can't even use any footage whatsoever of yeah. the tour and put it on YouTube, or you're going to get blacked out because NBC has the rights, and it's yeah, it's just garbage. Um, it's it's unfortunate, but yeah, I wish there was a direct like whether it's all flow bikes or all GNC. Our G- GCM, yeah, um, that that would be a dream. But you know, I I've, I pay for four streaming places, you know, for cycling. So you know, yeah. uh, it would be nice if it's packaged package and and hopefully never on NBC. Yeah, let's take it back to. The, a, oh, go I'm ahead. On. No, go. Oh, ahead. I was encouraged to see some of the numbers come out of uh from over the weekend about who, how many people viewed the women's race and. Uh, in general, uh, both in cyclocross and on road cycling, I think the numbers will soon advocate for more coverage because yeah. um, people are tuning in. Yeah. As we mentioned earlier, people don't really care that it's it's women, that it's perhaps a little slower. It was still, you know, uh, entertaining and and uh, they'll watch it. Yeah. I, I, I do agree. you think it do you think it helps that it was on Sunday too for Roubaix, uh, getting people to view? Uh, I just say that, you know, like even for me, like to watch the women's Flanders, I got to wake up at 1 a.m. because that's before the men's. And so, you know, uh, I, I sure hope that if they others, I guess I'm trying to lean towards. I wish they would put the women's race that can go back to back on a Saturday on or vice versa or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They'd split up those days. It's going to help both. Yeah, I mean, it's going to help out women a lot. So I don't know what you're taking yeah. on that is. I mean, if you look at the cyclocross numbers, that would probably, you know, 
strengthen your argument because they mm-hmm. tend to be, especially at the World Championships, uh, a different day than than the men's. But mm-hmm. I, I would know that that's one that's we'd have to look at data and see what the numbers show. But I think in general, um, cycling, as long as that there's more coverage in general and more coverage of women's cycling will um, hopefully bring more viewers and, and also bring more coverage of more races because there's still only like the women's tours is a massive race for women. And the fact that that isn't available on TV is, is a a first for them and b just a real bummer after everyone is riding this high from Saturday and they're like, Oh, this was super exciting. Can I see another women's race? And then, you know, when will next season, I guess is when the next time we'll be able to watch something. Yeah. Frustration as it may be. Uh, so let's let's take it. Let's continue on with with Perry Roubaix and, and then the Sunday edition. And um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw out a couple things. You know, I've, I've, we we did mention some of us who have have we seen a wetter version. I I keep thinking of years in which, oh my God, the year Andre Schmiel won was was a mud fest. Ninety four. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I knew you'd do that. The, Someone knows his trivia. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 carnage. Just the the fact of seeing the uh, incredibly reduced peloton rolling into the forest of Arnberg this year. Usually that's where everything's just going absolutely insane. And then, but the attrition leading up to that point was so much more uh, over the top. Uh, you know, this this just seemed. And do we associate that just strictly with the fact that we went from April to October? I mean, it's man. Hopefully. I, I guess the riders would be happy if they never did another October Perry Roubaix again. So I've just thrown a bunch out there, and, and you know, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to let Paul kind of jump into this because I know this is just this is your baby, this is your wheelhouse. So, so what? what I'm sorry, I kind of drifted off there. What was your question, kind of? <laughs> sorry. No, just the. I've got o- a cat. I'm trying to keep off the, my lap. Is the, the problem? The I'm over, distracted. The overall amount of carnage and attrition of this year's event, seeing seeing such a reduced field going into Arenberg, was just a not a common vision. Yeah, it, yeah, and I think uh, everybody knew if you the the guys, the seasoned vets like Greg Van Avermaet. I mean, before before even Trois-Ville, the very first sector, I mean, guys were trying to get, they were rushing to get into the, you know, in position and fields are splitting. There was a crosswind section that kind of caused havoc and splits. Um, kind of interesting because, because it was so wet and sloppy, tire pressures were so low that on pavement, it was, it was a slog. I mean, they weren't rolling as good. Plus with water, you know, on the road on top of that is causing a little bit more of a slowdown. Um, so I, I think it was uh, Hostler said that he, it was like a race of two races. It was the race before Trois-Ville and then the cobble section. And if you weren't in position and, and Watt was one of them, you're going to get caught out. And if you made bridge, but you're burning matches all the way, it yes. was uh, then it, I think once I got into the, the cobblestones, it was all attrition. These guys were, you had to taper out and um, and taper back on some of your efforts. Uh, and my personal feeling, that's where I think it was more, instead of being an, out of shape, but uh, Vanderpool was more hubris than anything else. He was taking extra pull. I just thought there's, well, no one knows what his capability, he probably doesn't even know how far he can go. So he's probably finding it out. But uh, Colbrelli, obviously 31 years old, a little bit, you know, 
seen a lot more things, performed really well. And then you had this young buck, um, Rashmir, oh, man. Um, that stellar ride. He's, he's talented. He's, I think, junior uh, time trial champion at one point. He's a classic guy. So uh, 22 years old, performed well. But uh, it, was, it was great. It, it, you see even uh, some of the guys like, you know, Van Avermaet went down. And they caught him looking at the camera like, dude, this yeah. is nasty. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was a pretty funny clip. But, um, yeah, I think everybody was on the – that's one thing about Roubaix. Um, and even in the women's race, you get into the cobblestones, you're pretty much on your own. And even uh, uh, Johan Museos even said that, you know, uh, you, you can have a strategy, but once you get into the cobbles, it's every man for themselves. And once you get back off, you regroup until you hit the cobbles again and that's what makes this race so so unique and so cool yeah jackson you and you and i were talking before we went on the air about the the as paul says the the hubris of of matthew vanderpool in that trio and his just constant work at the top and then the the accusations of a writer like sonny cabrelli sitting on um and and such as it may mm-hmm. yeah well i mean Vanderpool did have um, a bit of a, I think, a bit of a chip on his shoulder after the Worlds and everything coming in. I think he wanted to do really well. Um, but what he did do was he did kind of pull everybody along. Um, mm-hmm. Whether Sonny Cabrelli got a free ride for most of the day, who the hell cares? He still won. <laughs> you know? So I, I I, think Vanderpool did look at a lot of situations where everybody went, you pulled me up here. You might as well keep going. Yeah. Like, he wrote it very cross like yeah so he just just churned and sat at the front and turned and turned and you know that a cross race is you know two hours and an hour. Is, uh, an, yeah. hour. an hour yeah yeah yeah, 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 an yeah. Hour. so yeah he he probably he was spent before he even hit the velodrome seeing those accelerations yeah. he'd make out of corners and, and jack you mentioned mm-hmm. it you and i were watching it together and it was just like was that is that is a cyclocross right. yeah. coming out of that corner and just hitting the gas and just going for it and just mm-hmm. gapping everybody right yeah. out of those corners um can, that makes but that makes sense you know it, that's where he needs to make everybody else work the problem is is you can't uh, cobrelli for not pulling he was never asked he never saw or at least we never saw um, Vanderpool getting pissed off because nobody's pulling, taking their pull. He just was glad to sit up front. I would have done the same thing. I mean, that's racing. <laughs> if a guy wants to pull me up to the yeah. break or to the lead, yeah. and he's not willing to peel off, why should I try and, and he, speed he, up? Past it's not him, like he didn't. You know? You know, it's not like he wasn't at the front. There was a lot of times Cabrelli was pulling. Oh, it roll. It was. Through. It was sort of. Um, but but definitely the the most effort was put out by Vanderpool. Yeah. Premier, what a what a Man. what a showing! I wish that he would have won. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just just because, just just. He'll get his chance. He will. Yeah, he will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's yeah. got youth on yeah. his side. Um, I and I just I don't know if I need to even ask this poll, but um, I I saw him, uh, a little kind of a funny post on on social media recently, and it was the entire country of Italy playing, praying, please God, can we can we have a, a winner of Perry Roubaix? <laughs> And and God said sure, and then Italy's watching halfway through the race, and they went, oh oh, uh, God, we don't mean that winner. Can we have a different winner? And God said, oh shit, let me see what I can do. And and <laughs> and um, of course, I'm speaking of the oh so oh so loved 
to be hated, Gianni Moscone. Um, was there any intervention by the Karma Police, and was anybody at the point where they were going, oh, no, 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 no? Was I the only one screaming at the TV going, please, no? My wife was screaming at the TV like, Johnny Knoxville's in the race? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Was was there anybody actually okay with the fact that he might have taken it? I mean, I don't think anybody was super happy with um, the fact that he was up there. But I think, uh, talk about the worst luck you could possibly have. Yeah. First you get a rear flat and then you crash <laughs> right as... Yeah the break or right as the chasers follow like are catching up it's it's he did have probably the worst luck that a bike racer out front could have had in that moment and yeah i don't think anybody got really upset about it yeah. <laughs> yeah so so the coming to his crashing he, he crashed he, he was handling the cobbles pretty good mm-hmm. i think you guys probably saw once he got that bike changed, the tire pressure had to have been too high. That back end was bouncing all over the place. Oh he was God. struggling to keep that thing we on the road. We thought seat height was And it was the like issue. the next right. stretch of bet... cobbles, he went down twice yeah. in that same yeah. section. Yeah. Um, you know, that had to be it. And a blessing, actually. So. <laughs> yeah. His, his... God bless the mechanic. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was a tough day for them. Both days. They had to do yeah. quite a bit of work. Yeah. Um, I was watching this interview with Anamika von Flotten, who uh, had a bad crash herself. Oh, and, broke her pubis. Um, she broke, broke her pubis, pubis bone, bone. Yeah, broke yeah. her shoulder. Like she's mm. in not a good good shape right now. And um, in this interview, she basically said that she wouldn't be watching the men's race. She's like, in these conditions, it's just there's just too much, um, too many crashes, too much carnage. Like it's it's not this is not bike racing. Do you what do you think about that? Do you agree? Is it? I mean. Muddy Roubaix is kind of like why people tune in. It's every like muddy, every that. muddy Roubaix is like this, though. Yeah. I mean, guys are flying off in the ditches all the time. So it's only when it's dry and dusty that you're like, oh yeah, this is just you know, brutally. But do you? And 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 I think in what she's, I you know, I don't want to speak for anybody, but I think it turns into a. Uh, it's it's like when people watch NASCAR just for the crashes. Um, are we are we watching a sport for the carnage or are we watching a sport for the epic uh, performances and, and and physical abilities of of the riders? Um, yeah, it was definitely uh, tough because there were some pretty bad crashes. The one that comes to mind was uh, when Luke Rowe got yeah. just clattered into from behind um i think that was i think roe had a flat yeah and he was just trying to get back up yeah um but yeah i don't know i it's 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 tough asking me because this was my first ever roubaix so whether or not it was muddy i was gonna watch it um but i do think (laughs) i do think it is tough because you see a lot of riders walking away from this uh Annemiek van Vluten was one of them i i mean peter sagan went down pretty hard i remember him posting about it um like I said, Luke Rowe, like there were so many crashes that it was almost to a point where it was like, was, did the best rider of the day win or did the luckiest rider of the day win? Yeah. So. Yeah. No, and I think that happens though on dry situations. Dries can be on those cobbles. It can be just as slippery. Um, and there, it, it's just a different style of ra- racing and your tactics different. Um, uh, getting back to the question that, you know, should we be racing in that, that type of, conditions i think like jack said too you know i think that's part of the the uniqueness of this race um i personally don't mind i i like the muddy ones but i would not want to see a muddy one like one in decades good for me 
Uh, I like to see a little bit less mud, um, but it, once in a while, it kind of, it's not bad. It's just, you know, it's a spectacle actually. Uh, it, looking for but, uh, watching a race, looking for, you know, being excited about all the crashes that are going to happen. That's like a t- totally different mentality of person that they're not, yeah. they're not like, so I, I follow rally cars, you know, world rally racing and there's thousands of crash videos. I never, I'm bored to tears by crash videos. I want to watch the racing, you know, and, and if a crash happens, it happens, but I'm not, you know, I, I'm not the one to tune into the crashes on anything. It's not that interesting to me. Yeah. So, um, Paul, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this one right into your lap. You know, I'm sure you saw the coverage of the the Kofidis rider using his feet for his brakes. <laughs> I and, sent that to you guys. Yeah, and yeah. and and my good friend Laporte. Yeah, my good friend John Galloway of the soon to no longer be Velocast had mentioned that his opinion was that disc brakes were an actually ridiculous choice for this event. <laughs> um, and and yeah 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 Jackson Jackson shaking his head in frustration. But uh, but I I just knew that I had to throw that one to you before you know before we even come close to concluding any coverage of Barry Roubaix. Well, I I will I will say this as a brake rim brake guy. That's one race that I probably would run disc brakes. Oh, uh, no. yeah, but World in those C, conditions, that's the on a dry second condition, sign. no. Yeah. I mean, 30C 30. tire, you're not going to no. find a rim brake that's going to – I would run 30Cs, you know, in that situation. But it doesn't the, – the thing about disc brakes that, that cracks me up, it was supposed to be the godsend, and it was not – you know, for road racing, it's like all the problems you have with rim brakes, you know, they're going to all go away, but they have their own problems. I mean, the problems, their strengths are, are wet conditions like that, and you know, um, and better braking. But you do have problems like I'm only assuming his situation at Laporta, his brakes failed. There could be that bouncing around. What happens? You get air in that brake line somehow, you're screwed. There isn't any brakes, and that's could have been. He had a wheel change, so I don't know in that wheel change, maybe. Somebody hit the brake lever. I don't know. You know how it is. Uh, I don't know what happened, but um, yeah, they're not flawless. Um, But there's, there's the thing is, I think we're, I think, unfortunately, Perry Roubaix used to be where you had anybody could use any equipment. I mean, a lot of riders didn't use their race wheels. They had Ambrosia with those uh, FMB you know, 27, 28C tires on there. They, they weren't sponsored. I mean, you know, the team would buy a bunch of these wheels or build them and stuff. Sure. Or rock um, shocks. Uh, yeah, Kooning, uh, Quick Step started off with clinchers, mind you. They had clinchers. Um, so uh, Lampart flatted, I think, six times. Um, so they all the guys started with with clinchers by the end of the race they were using older wheels they all had tubulars on um you just can't get clinchers uh you know to get that pressure down especially in those situations not a time to use clinchers it was and dukinic didn't do so well and when they had they went through a lot of wheels um but you know one thing that did shine is is tubeless but they used the foam on the inside and even um Ineos grenadier ran uh, johnny moscon had tubeless so uh, if you have that foam insert in there, 
uh, that makes sense more than a clincher tire on, on Roubaix. It just does not make sense. Yeah. Lizzie ran not only tubeless, but she also ran a one-by setup. Mm, yeah, that's idea. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Which, makes sense. With a chain guard, makes total sense. Yeah. Yep. I, I mean, if you've got that big of a range. I, but I, my experience with one-by is that it you don't necessarily get the biggest of the biggest and the smallest of the smallest is am, 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 I might be completely naive and mistaken in this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you see it in gravel, you see it in cross, you see yeah. it in a mountain, you can get really easy gearing. Uh, it's true that you can't get a, you know, a heavy gear, but she was motoring along at 25, 30 miles per hour. So she was doing just fine. Yeah. It seemed to work. And I hope they never wash that bike. I, I don't mean to be discur- disturbing, but the blood on the bars is just cool. That's where you just honestly, that's <laughs> it the It goes first, into the museum. That, that is, yeah. it's just museum ready. Yeah, yeah you hang yeah. that thing up, man, because that's just too cool. <laughs> well, smile on her face. Yeah. You never would have guessed she was, you know. Oh, my couldn't, God. Couldn't, can't yeah, grip a spoon the next yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> just tape it to her hands. Her coffee cup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did Wout, uh, did, can we all agree that Wout just apparently uh, planned his season just to end two weeks too early? Yeah. It's just it's just yeah. the, the the fuel wasn't in the tank. I mean, back to that earlier argument. I mean, he's got such a long season with cyclocross, yeah. and I I'm amazed they make it this far. Oh yeah, he should be resting, getting ready for cross. Yeah, like Van der Poel is just a you know just, just a unique Ooh. specimen that a little more rested. Just do maybe. all of that, do cross, do yeah. road, do mountain bike but i feel like wow like i feel for the guy you know he's yeah. he's oh, he's yeah. got a long year every year yeah well and and speaking of underpool you know first of all he's got his grandfather second of all he's got his father <laughs> third of all how did his shoes stay Jingle. so fucking white the entire <laughs> race weird. i gotta know how that shit happened did he <laughs> have some sort of teflon spray that we yeah, know about? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. there was an article about that today Really? Yeah, and, and cycling tips. Yeah. Really? Yeah. What do they say? You put you spray spam shoe or covers. Uh, uh, no, yeah. Pam shoe, spray. Shoe on? covers. Yeah. Yeah. Shoe covers. It's just so it's like a velotoes kind of a thing. Just a rubber mm. shoe cover that stayed perfectly white and pristine. Ooh. I don't know. When you got a rubber shoe cover, you just spray it off and it's immediately white again. Yeah. But so. would you take the time to spray? <laughs> yeah, again, never mind. I, don't know. I, getting, I, I probably, probably getting paid. Would. Getting like, paid for it. Yeah, my shoes are dirty. I gotta hose yeah. them down. Um, uh, just what a race though. What a, what a weekend, what a race. And believe it or not, it's, it's not over, you know, as, as, as I said, the women's tour is underway. So if you have the ability to keep up with it, um, I, I, Paul and on Mariah, I didn't send you guys the start list for Il Lombardia this weekend, but, um, I don't know if you guys want to even kind of venture into that, but we usually do sit back and make a pick. Of, of, of a good two or three riders, and I usually allow three riders for that. And if I don't know if you guys have your devices near you and you guys want to look up pro cycling stats while the three of us can can uh, venture into the into our picks itself of what we would call like you know the race of the falling leaves, the the, the end of the of the of the season in large. Um, Como to Bergamo, 239k over 4,500 meters of climbing. Um, uh, so we've got a lot of riders lining up for this thing. Everyone from, well, you name the team. You've got a lot of a lot of very accomplished riders still holding on one more time into the season. Um, does anybody have any initial? Uh, if you had to pick three riders that you wanted to roll with, 
Um, Jackson, you and I had a few moments down here to kind of get things dialed in. Do you want to jump right into this, into the foray, and, and see what you got? Yeah, it's difficult to pick a rider. Um, there are definitely a lot of them here, um, a lot of outside shouts that could definitely make it into the top 10 or if not winning. Um, but I will pick um, pretty similar to who were uh, who was at the finish last year. Um, so Tade Pagacha, I think uh, this is a pretty good race for him, um, along with Primoz Roglic. And um, I don't think he's going to post up too early this year. I think Alif, <laughs> I think Julian Alaphilippe. Yeah, damn, that's uh, good pick. Yeah, I think I think those are the three that are probably going to take it to the line this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just looking at some of the you know the the number one riders from each team: Julian Alaphilippe, uh, Shockman, um, Mikhail Landa. Believe it or not, uh, you know is, is lining up. Vlasov, Guillaume Martin, Rigoberto Urán. Uh, Tibo Pino from Groupama FTJ, Primus Roglic, Dan Martin. Quintana. I thought Dan was finished. Dan, they've got him lining up at at, at Lombarda. Nairo Quintana, Jan Bakalins, Adam and Simon Yates are both lining up for their own per- perspective teams. I will say, I think an outside shout. He won a stage of the Giro this year, but uh, Lorenzo Fortunato from uh, Eolo Cometa, I yeah. think, uh, will be in and around the yeah. in and around the top. Jack, you got any you got any names that popped There's out into you? Yeah, I mean exactly what Jackson was saying. It's like it seems like the guys are if if they're showing up at this time of the year, they just want to keep racing. Yeah, Roglic, Pogacar. Yeah, Alaphilippe just coming off Worlds. He's <laughs> that guy's. You know, see, I like to play. He's around. raring. I like to mess with shit. And yeah. so I, I pick writers that I don't think are going to do. You know, I pick one usually, so I pick a, a Primus Roglic. But I also pick Mark Hershey because Mark has just been, well, he he, he had a horrible flat um, in, in the world, so he didn't get what I wanted him to get. And I, I think Adam Yates is, I don't I don't think we should be done with, with the bearded Yates. Yeah, so, wait for uh, Yates you know, to blow yeah. it, as yeah. I always say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not long enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, Amari. I don't know if you've if you've had a, a chance to look at any rosters or any of those names that we had mentioned. But do you have any thoughts on that? Sure. Yeah, I think uh, Ale Philippe is going to want to show off his jersey oh, yeah. uh, once more before the season's over. Um, and Roglic is. I don't know. I have a soft spot for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he just like looks so happy. Man, you know, Vuelta. He was. So he loves good. riding his bike. He yeah. was so good at the Vuelta. He just seems like a nice guy, and it's like usually, you know, you've got the fast asshole sort of syndrome mm-hmm. in, in a lot of bike yeah. racers. Where, they, but but he just looks like the kind of guy to be like, oh hey, you know, how are you? Yeah, you dropped your you dropped your glove here. I I picked this up and followed you, <laughs> and I dropped like you. Yeah, <laughs> then I dropped you exactly. Yeah. Uh, Paul Maine, have you had a chance to give it a give it a gander? Oh yeah, you know me. <laughs> um, so yeah, forgot your one. Well, they got third place. He went on a hundred and twenty. Uh, kilometer break today um and i can't remember something happened he ended up out spraying everybody for third there was another two that went away um so i'm picking him and then also uh i'm going with uh rimco having a pool um i think he's kind of rolling he won on monday yeah um and then i'm gonna go for uh jonas um vandegoff if i pronounce his last name correctly for for a yumbo oh okay oh really yeah. Jonas yep. yeah. mm-hmm. a little down a little farther down the down the roster well, okay yeah but remember how well he was he won that tour. tour yeah yeah he was what third overall yeah right? mm-hmm. is that right 
Vingard? He can climb. Yeah. Yeah. He was best young. Well, yeah. Can't say best young rider because Bogacar was everything. Can we? Uh, can we? I, I I got a couple things to just close out with because we are approaching the end of the 2021 road season. And and if are there any kind of reflections in terms of the 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 success of it, the severity of it, the the did it keep us going in the in the time of where where 2020 was such a such a devastating blow to to cycling fans. This almost seemed like an unreal season. Um, and, and are there any, was this, was this that good of a season? And am I, am I blowing things out of proportion? And I'm talking both men's and women's Peloton. Was this that great of a season or was it just that we were so deprived for, for, for great racing with, with basically a year off? Um, Amariah, I'm going to let you go first on that one. If you have anything. I think it's a combination of both. I think it, we were deprived, but so were the riders, which brought yeah. a little bit new energy and, and excitement and momentum to the sport. And I think we witnessed some of that in the racing. Um, and I don't think it was an exceptional year, but it was a very good year. And I think part of it is just because uh, the sport is growing in general. Sport is changing, and we're all here watching it. And, you know, the coverage is better than it's ever been before. And, um we, after being deprived for a year, we're all tuning in. So yeah. I think it's a combination of factors. Yeah. Jackson. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the style of racing that has been, uh, that has taken place has been so special because we've seen, like we were talking about earlier, we've been seeing younger riders not caring about the older riders anymore, which makes everything way more exciting because I don't, unless you're older. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I age shits, <laughs> little shits. Yeah, <laughs> like I get respect and all, but I also think that um, with this, just creates more opportunities for different types of writers. Um, and and I think with that has brought some really exciting racing that we have been deprived of for so long. So I think that yes, with all of what's gone down and what's happened, has deprived us of racing. But with this, has given us what. I think we have been deprived of as well, which is exciting. Who knows what the hell is going to happen type of racing. I'm tired of the five minute Chris room gaps in the, in the tour anymore. And yeah. we aren't seeing that, which is, is so much better. I think for spectators than what we used to have especially in 2012. Grand tours. Yeah. yeah. Especially mm -hmm. grand tours. Yeah, you, exactly. You know, you, you would watch races and, and it would be okay. We won shit. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Jack, did it inspire you enough to, I don't know, Riding my bike. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you started off I'm going to buy a new bike. You so are. As soon as I buy a new bike, I have to ride. You so. do. Yep. It's going to be staring at you in the cover. It won't going. be a 2012 yep. or 2010. It'll be a 2021. It'll be a 2021. Oh. Right on. Um, okay, there we go. Um, so, um, I'm Ryan, do you, have, do you have anything that needs a plug or something like that? You guys, you want to tout something or anything that you're involved in or where people can find you? No, I actually have one more, if I may, a question for you guys. Oh, the turn shit. a question from earlier uh, on his head. And yeah. Throw it back at you. You asked uh, whether women should be riding the same distances as the men. Yeah. What if the men started riding the distances that the women ride? Oh. So if the tour wasn't so god-awful long every day. <laughs> god, that would change. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just going off my first intuitions, and I'm usually the one that lets everybody else answer questions. But I, boy, that would that would definitely make things far more aggressive and far more um, 
Peter Sagan would win the tour. <laughs> I love it. You'd have a lot more excitement. I, I don't want to equate it to a, a you know even even like a crit kind of a mentality. Or just U.S. racing sometimes. Yeah, I think it'd be. I well, I I I I don't think it'll happen, but I think it'd be interesting, especially when you're talking about some of these races that are getting so so long these transfer stages in in grand tours i think need to be shortened uh, to to give us something but is how does that benefit the riders so here's where i start asking my own questions but anybody else paul you got something on that one well i i think it would really change i i, I don't have a problem some of the most exciting stages so far in the tour are the shortest shortest stages um i can even think back in 96 when uh Yanni Reese uh, took over the tour and won the tour based on, I think the Glibier was snowed in and it was only truncated to like a 70K or maybe it was less. I think it was around 70K, 80K race. And he just took off and it, it blew things apart. Um, I think I don't have any problems with that by any means. Uh, I think that's, you know, those transfer tour, I mean, transfer days, that's the boring ones. They have to get from one point to the next, um, and especially in the tour because France is like the biggest, you know, country and uh, landmass or con- country, you know, square miles um, of all the European races. So it's kind of hard for them to go around the, Europe without doing that, without cramming them in a bus and having them ride for eight hours to get to the next start. So, um, but yeah, I. I can only equate it to like masters racing when you go from category and you drop into the masters race and, you know, and some of the, when you're used to racing 90 miles and all of a sudden you get thrown in a master race is 45. It's like off the gun. You're, you're like, Holy crap. Yeah. It's on. So and that's I, what's going to happen. The thing that pops into my mind are the other formats of, of racing. I think of mountain biking, what mountain biking uh, evolved into uh, uh, much tighter courses, not as drastic as distances. And I also think of gravel, and I think of gravel from a TV standpoint, I think would be boring as hell to watch. Yeah. Wouldn't it? And yet people watch DK this week. I, I yeah. was going to yeah. say. Yeah. They're sucked. But do, you, but do you think they watched it just simply out of the fact that it was on? I tried tuning. I tried tuning in, and oh my god, did it suck! <laughs> it's one of the most boring things I've ever watched. Yeah. And I'll, like to also to to attend to the question, it's like honestly, I'd probably watch the Vuelta. The yeah. Vuelta this year was awesome. I yeah. I, I, I it be- was really good. It finished up so good. See, yeah. and the thing is, I bet it was. Mm-hmm. But those damn climbing stages are you. so. <laughs> so boring well well, it's all when the climb takes when the climb takes you know an hour and a half to get you know i don't know like eight miles and and it's brutal yeah and like some of those sprint stages where i'm like oh i gotta wait three hours to see sagan get fifth again Mm -hmm. like (laughs) (laughs) i don't like i i i i think that would make it super interesting i have a short attention span though so like yeah I don't know. I've watched a ton of, and you know, sorry to go back to this, but ultra running, it's all right. um, yeah. hundred mile, you know, like uh, Western states, yeah. and and there's a lot of drone coverage. It's one dude running, and and it, did it's, it drone not, on and on? Fuck no, I'm I'm like, <laughs> sorry, I did that. So I I guess I I like watching paint dry, yeah, <clears throat> personally, really, yeah, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so back at you. How about your own question back at you, Mariah? Do you think? What do you think? I think it should be somewhere in the middle. I think yeah. some, the, the yeah. grand tours are entirely too long. Like most of people, I don't tune in till the end or watch the highlights because yeah. nothing interesting happens. And I prefer the more aggressive action, you know, fire fireworks filled racing. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think the answer is somewhere in the middle. But I always think it's funny. People are like, well, the women, maybe we should make their races longer. I'm like, or we change cycling and make them shorter. That's, yeah, that's a great idea. That's a great thought. It's crit racing in the U.S. Yeah. Um, I, I watch the <laughs> tour fun. I watch the tour three times a day, though. You like, do. during the day. The whole like, stage? I'm just You're not like Paul Maine getting up at 6 a.m. and no. watching it. So, until... But I'll get up at 5 or 4 and watch the start and, and the whole race. And then it's yeah. on it, you know, like, whenever. And so then I watch it yeah, at 9 o'clock at night. No, there might be something different. There's a different commentator yeah. later in the day. Yeah. So there's a different view. So, yeah, I watch it a lot when but, it's on. Do you watch every single waking second? No, Paul, Paul, you did can't. you watch every single waking no, second of Perry Roubaix? Of Perry Roubaix. Did you watch every <laughs> oh, single waking second? No, maybe. Paul. Oh, you're talking to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got lost. <laughs> um, the cat. No, I didn't. I, I had to go back from the start. So, you know, typically, uh, you know, nothing really happens. But uh, when you see the conditions that they were in, I had to go back because I turned turned it on right as they're ending 12 U. Yeah. And so um you know then you you see like ones and twos coming in and then the water i thought oh, i gotta go back so yeah. of course i went back and started watching how it unfolded from the start so um yeah that that meant i'd have to get up at two in the morning i didn't get to bed till 10 o'clock that night so i wasn't gonna miss just pavement in a dry situation like described it can be quite kind of dry it just be the kunik controlling those yeah breaks you know but yeah. yeah, this year is a little different. Yeah, okay. Paul, are you in the she shed? No, I'm down in my basement. <laughs> um, so, wife, yeah, in, in the TV wife. room that's a nice that we remodeled. Nice. Yeah. That's a that's a electric fireplace mm. that you see in the background. What's your cat's name? Jack has nothing to do with the show. We've run in late on time and everything like that. So, um, so there we go. I mean, I you know usually we we don't spend a ton of time on recap, but I think I think that race recap. in particular and <laughs> recap and uh, and that uh, the, this season deserved a little bit of a reflection moment. Even though we did we did look ahead to Lombardia this weekend, and then we I guess we all switch bl- our brains to cyclocross and Zwift racing. Yep. Uh, yeah. Paul said yep. He said yep. He said yep about yep. the cyclocross. Or cyclocross. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um well first and foremost, uh Anraya, thanks for coming on. It is good to have you back here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Uh Paul Main, um do we want to mention why you're not in studio? Or is it just a personal no, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're we're good, man. And we're gonna get you back in here. Um in Yeah. In, next what, week, in week be, yeah, you'll be back here. I'll be ready to roll yeah. on, on Sunday. Yeah. Uh Jack Broadhead, go ride your bike. I'm I did last week. Did, yeah, yep. once. That's hey, better than better than the week before. Than nuts. Yeah, yeah. Um I'm not riding this weekend. I'm just throwing that out there, guys. I'm going camping with the wife. So, nice. so there you go. So I guess I just invited people to break into my house and steal shit. There so, we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a key. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody wants in? <laughs> thanks, Jack. Thanks, Jackson. I appreciate it, buddy. Um, and 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 Jackson, thanks for being here, man. Yeah. Even though you know we're not feeding you, and it's so weird having you leave through the studio door and not going up mm. and saying goodnight to your mom. I know, right? Yeah. Screw that. 
<laughs> yeah, there we go. And 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 thanks to all the listeners, and thanks for everybody. And uh, like I said, for those of you who are wondering why I cut you off the list in terms of uh, paying me money every month, that's because we're coming up with new and exciting stuff for the next season. So uh, everybody, stay tuned. Tell a friend about the show. Uh, like us, follow us, all that wonderful stuff. And we will catch you next week. Thanks. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 